Okay, for this segment, um, we, we've talked about anxiety and we've talked about depression. And then I wanted to kind of just take a second to talk about mixing the two up, which is pretty much my personality, which is a great mix, if you ask me. I mean, I'm yeah, pretty... You're, you're stellar. Pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so I just wrote some thoughts down about mixing the two. And this is what I wrote down. Mixing the two. Everything is a danger. Everyone is a danger. Every interaction is an opportunity for violence or abuse. Every moment a loved one is out of your sight, they are potentially in danger of abuse, torture, or murder. A bad day is an I told you life sucks day. A decent day is well that didn't totally suck. A good day is a cautious, nice, <laughs> and a great day is, this is too good to be true, where's the disaster just around the corner? So, <clears throat> you never really get over it, you never really get past these thoughts and feelings and things that come into your brain, but I do think there are some ways to at least combat this, or... Um, cope with it i'm not going to use the other c word which would be cure because i just don't think that's possible um before i go any further i feel like i need to reiterate i'm not giving advice i'm not a counselor i'm not a clinical psychiatrist i don't know what i'm talking about i'm just talking about my experience and my opinion which may not work for anybody else i just want to ask if you slept at a holiday inn express I did. <laughs> i'm not a doctor but i did stay at a holiday inn express Sorry. last night that's good that's good see that's Thanks. that's the kind of joy i can take out of life is when you make dumb jokes like that those are good um, so the first way to combat both of these things is drugs um and my personal opinion on drugs is that they are a temporary fix. And and I need to say, for my, for my situation, there are some people who m probably do need to be on drugs and need to be on drugs forever. I understand that. I'm not advocating that if you're on depressant, antidepressants, you just get off of them. Not advocating that. But I... <sighs> The drug really only addresses the symptoms. Um, I took Paxil, so yep, basically what I was on there for a couple of years, and the first six months of that was pretty decent. I felt calmer. I felt more relaxed, but then I started to kind of get unnerved by the fact that. I started not feeling much of anything. Anger, joy, fear, nothing. And then about every six months, it was like, well, your body's acclimating to this dosage. We're going to up it some more. So you go in, you start out at five milligrams, then you go to 10, then you go to 15, then you go to 20. And you're, at some point, I just felt like I was a zombie. And I knew I was going to have to figure something else out when I told one of my bosses to F off and <laughs> get out of my face. <laughs> like very calmly. Nobody was angry. He had said something and he was he was being a jerk to me. But we 
we were like that in the office anyway. It was a very loose environment and we liked to jab at each other about stuff anyway, but I was having a bad day and he came in with a particularly nasty jab and I said, basically in effect, if if you know what's good for you, you'll F off and get out of my face. And he goes, oh, okay. And then turned around and walked away. <laughs> Which any normal human being would have fired me on the spot, but we we had a wonderful relationship. I loved the guy; he was like my second dad, basically, and we treated each other as such. But I knew at that point that okay, we're just something. This ain't gonna work because I would never feel comfortable saying that to a person who employs me otherwise. So I think drugs work to an extent. I think they only work with the symptoms though i don't think that in my case um they address the underlying problems or the underlying thought processes or patterns or whatever it is that causes me to feel this way it doesn't get to that root it's just it flattens out the curve and there's really no reaction to anything i think I think it's almost too easy to prescribe the medication. You know, after I had Ryan, and he was about four months old, I got laid off. I'd just gone back to work, and then I got laid off. <coughs> and now, Excuse looking me. back, it was probably my first real round of seasonal affective disorder. Mm. But I was really depressed, and I called the OB, because I thought, well, you know, he's less than six months old. Maybe this is all postpartum stuff, which now, mm. you know, maybe it was a combination of, because now they say that... For some reason, if you have a boy, science shows that if you have a boy, you're more likely to have postpartum. Well, he was born in the wrong time of the year, too. He was born in fall, which means right. you were raising a small, small, small child in the middle of winter time. I mean, uh, hello. Is that a song? No, but okay. it could be if you'd like. Okay. But when I called the doctor's office, I said, I may, I'm wondering if I'm experiencing some kind of postpartum depression. And the nurse's response was, well, what pharmacy do you use? Hmm. She didn't even ask me any other questions. They just prescribed the medication without even... I mean, I didn't even go in and have an exam or talk to anybody. They just put me on the medication. Yeah. And and I know that you had a couple... You know, you were going into the doctor and stuff. But I think it's an... I don't want to say it's an easy fix, but it almost is an... You know, therapy takes time and you have to set up your appointment and you have to go to your appointment and you have to you 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 meet for you meet weekly or you meet every other week for however many months or years or you can just take a pill every day and you don't have to go anywhere you don't have to talk to anybody and and doing those two things in conjunction may be the thing for you i mean because there's something to be said for the drugs but until you get to the root problem, you're just covering it up. Right. And, you know, I I didn't put any notes down here or anything like that about the side effects of the drugs themselves. But, you know, when the drug you're taking for depression has a warning that people in certain age groups have increased thoughts of suicide and increased depression... And you start looking at all of these kids who shoot up schools and all these people who shoot up their workplace and do all this sort of stuff. There's a there's at least a correlation there with antidepressants and 
and mood altering substances of such that I'm not implicating those obviously, but there there's either these people were so disturbed that they needed the medication or they were taking the medication and it altered them further. I don't know which is the truth and it's not my business to know, but <clears throat> it is something that needs to be thought about. So, um, they can be a helpful tool, but I don't think they're the, the fix or the cure and I, I wouldn't stay on them any longer than I had to. And I didn't, um, Obviously, if you have schizophrenia or multiple personality disorder, you know, drugs might be your option. But we're just talking about garden variety, depression, sadness, overwhelming thoughts of, of um, hopelessness, that sort of stuff. Um, obviously, if you're feeling like you might hurt yourself or other people, um, that's taking it to a different level than what I'm talking about and probably will require some drugs and that's okay. Um, as long as you continue that healing process with some, some therapy or something there that's going to help you. Um, I called my second way to combat self-awareness. I'm sure there's a technical term or a clinical term for it, biofeedback or something crazy like that. I don't know what it is, but I just call it self-awareness, which is recognizing triggers, reactions, emotions, etc. for what they are. So if I'm having a particularly bad attitude, it's like I was saying, step away from the paper. Take a step back really look at okay why do I feel this way is something really happened to me that's put me in this mood or am I just a jerk today or am I just having a bad attitude and I'm wallowing in it there's nothing wrong with having a bad day there's nothing wrong with having a bad attitude every now and then we all do but did I wallow in it and make it worse by just creating this feedback loop of life sucks and it's never going to get better maybe life does suck that day but the the additional thought of and it's never going to get better is what kind of amplifies all of that. So taking a step back going, okay, what are the things that bother me about this? How do I avoid those? What's my reaction? Um, how am I going to alter my behavior patterns and my reactions? Um understanding your emotions what do these mean why do i react this way um again are they reasonable so I, and i put recognize them for what they are are they reasonable are they rational do i have a right to feel this way about whatever it is that's causing me problems today do i have a right to feel angry that my wife is joyful and listening to silly joyful music that i don't feel is realistic in the real world what's the <laughs> what's the problem with that yes i'm being stupid let it go um i mean if i love you i'll let you have your joy and um i do love you and so i want you to have your joy even if it's kind of annoying to me that's fine you know i can I can be happy for you that you're joyful. Just don't expect me to be dancing in the bathroom with you. That's all. That's a um, 
It is. It is a shame. I'm not. It's a I'm shame not, you don't dance more. You could have more joy in your life if you danced more. I no, <laughs> I don't because I would just be anxious about what everybody thought about my horrible moves. Well, you're the one I care about the most. I care what you think the most. Have you seen me dance? I have. It's it's. Yeah, I don't care. Anyway, um, so real re- recognizing these thoughts for what they are, which could be negative self-talk. I mentioned. Dancing. I mentioned earlier about the lies we tell ourselves. You know, realize that lie for what it is. It's a lie. Um, <laughs> I put number three, rational thought, which kind of follows in with what I just said. Realizing that these thoughts or fears are irrational, very unlikely, and damaging to yourself and others, especially your loved ones. Try to put situations into perspective. So that goes back to, I'm simplifying here, but for an example, you know, the who wouldn't love to be me thing. Um, another one that I really like to use is, especially if it's situational, like if I'm kind of in a pissy mood to begin with and then something kind of comes out of the blue that is really stupid to be mad about, but I'm just looking for something to be mad about. So I ask myself, you know, am I going to remember this 5, 10, 20, 50 years from now? If not, then just quit being a dork and going about your business. Um, can I control this one? This one might be bigger than any of the other one of the other questions you can ask yourself i like the who wouldn't want to be me question because I, that really puts my personal life into perspective for me i know that the majority of the population of the world would love to have the life that i have so that one that one works for me very well the other one is equally as as huge maybe huger as President Trump would say, mm-hmm. is can I control this? Um, if I can control this, what am I going to do about it? If I can't control it, obviously I need to let it go and quit worrying about it and put it in God's hands. For those of you who don't believe in God, we'll put it in the universe's hands or nature, you know, whatever, we'll put it to chance, whatever. But if I don't have any control over it, that means I can't do anything about it anyway, so it's not worth worrying about. Now, I can do everything I can to influence the outcome that I want, but if I cannot create the outcome I want, all I can do is the best I can. And then if it works the way I want it to, (coughs) great. If it doesn't, there's no need for me to feel shame, sadness, guilt, whatever, about not having achieved the goal because I did the best I could. I think that's a hugely important in the anxiety thing, particularly. Of Okay, you've worried about this for three days. A, has worrying helped at all? Probably not. Can you do anything about it? Well, it's three days in. Obviously, you can't do anything about it. Okay, let's move on. So, a lot of it is just understanding the stories we tell ourselves catching those stories before they get so close that you can't see around them and then asking yourself these yes or no questions can i change this is this real um 
Is it important? Will I remember this? Who wouldn't want to be me? Any of those things to kind of put it in perspective because God love me when I'm in those moods. It's not the big things that bother me. It's not potential nuclear wars. It's not the deaths of people in Brazil and Venezuela. It's not Ebola that bothers me. It's those cards on the desk. There's two different kinds of cards yeah. mixed together and they're not even stacked together. Why couldn't you stack those cards? You know, it's stupid crap that gets under your skin and bugs you and I have lots of opportunities to be crit. Basically, my problem is I'm critical when I'm grumpy and mad and I find little crap to get nitpicky and upset about. There's a lot of stuff that I have learned to not get upset about now because it's just, it's stupid. If it's in your face, like the paper, it's not stupid because it's all there is. But you step back and go, okay, really? Am I going to be mad and fit? Are we going to put on my tombstone he died from the torture of two decks of cards sitting on top of each other? If I think that sounds like a ridiculous epitaph, I'll probably let it go. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know if that will help other people, but it, it certainly helps me. Um, another thing that I was thinking about that I don't think I made any notes about was so we we went with drugs self-awareness rational thought another one that seems to be really important is to find a purpose um if if your life has purpose then it has meaning and then it has importance and it has value and it might even have joy and it eventually maybe I mean, I don't know, but, um, <clears throat> gratitude is another one. Uh, we had a speaker come to the bank one time and he kept saying, you know, the studies have shown, scientists have looked at it, it's like physically impossible to, to be, be anxious and worried if you're focused on gratitude. gratitude. So that's another one that, that kind of goes back to who wouldn't want to be me. But that's another way of saying that. But find a purpose. Find out what you're here for. We're all here for something. We've all got a purpose. And <clears throat> if you're sad, you're depressed, you're anxious, and you don't have, you haven't found a purpose or you haven't searched for a purpose, I feel like it would be easy for you to go down the road of, well, my life has no value, therefore it has no meaning, therefore I don't belong here, therefore I will take my own life. I think it would be much more difficult to get to that point if you believed and searched for a purpose. I think there have been times where I would have to admit that don't necessarily want to be here, that I don't necessarily want to live life anymore. But I've never, at least as an adult, felt like I've never felt the need to take action on that. And I think the a reason for that is because I have always felt like God has a purpose for me and for 
me being here. Um, I haven't always lived up to it very well, and I haven't always known what it is even, and I might not even still know what it is completely, but I do know that I've got one. I can look at places <clears throat> in my life where um, it could have been very easily easy for me to not be here anymore, but I am still here, and there's a reason for that. Um, people around me that know me, that know I do music and know I do worship might say that inspiring other people, using my talent to do that in church is part of my purpose. I would not disagree with that, but I, I don't think that's my whole purpose. I just think that's part of my purpose. Um, I, the more I look at <clears throat> where my journey's gone with anxiety and depression, I think, and the fact that we're having this discussion right now leads me to think that there's a purpose for that being in my life. If I can figure out how to navigate it in my life, then maybe through my experience and my opinions, maybe somebody else finds something useful there. If I can walk through it, then maybe I can help somebody else walk through it. Um, everybody has a purpose. I firmly believe in that from a child born with no legs to blind people to people with no brain activity to the smartest people in the universe to the strongest people in the universe, the weakest people in the universe. Everybody's got a purpose. They're not the same. They're of equal value, but they're not the same. So if you haven't figured out what your purpose is, I highly recommend taking some time to look into that. And I have talked for a long time without anything being said by you, and I'm sorry. I'm any thoughts? Here. <clears throat> you got any thoughts on that? <clears throat> no, it's getting late. Are you getting tired? I'm getting tired. It's really not that late, but I really I've not. had a long two days. It is so, hard. from a, um, haven't really touched much on spiritual thoughts here. I'm just talking about mental, but a lot of this does kind of go back to spiritual thinking, etc. And um, I do happen to be a, an attempted follower of Jesus as best I can. And there are a lot of teachings in the Bible um, concerning anxiety, depression, joy, worry. Um, I haven't counted them, but the <coughs> somebody said there are 365 verses in the Bible concerning fear or worry or anxiety. So that's basically one for every day. So apparently the the writers of the Bible and the inspirer of the Bible, God himself, thought it was fairly important that we know that fear is not necessarily a good thing and worry is not a good thing and that we should be focusing on something else. Um, like joy. Yeah, well, joy, that too. But I was going to read all of these, but I made quite a list. So I will list them out and maybe I'll put them in the show notes as well. Um so you can do a little bit of uh, research yourself. But these are some of my favorites to consider <clears throat> about depression, anxiety, comfort, etc. So um, 
the list I wrote down was Philippians 4.6, 1 Peter 5.7, Matthew 6.27, Matthew 6.34, Joshua 1.9, John 14.27, Proverbs 12.25, Psalm 56.3, Hebrews 13.6, and Psalm 23, 4, probably wouldn't hurt just to read the entire Psalm, the 23rd Psalm. Or, if you really want to dig into it, the entire Psalms are full of David's pinings on depression, worry, fear, the <clears throat> faithfulness, faithfulness of God, faith in God through suffering and depression and guilt and shame and all sorts of good stuff. Those are those are all good resources. And David's life runs the emotions. <laughs> yeah, David I think anybody can pretty much relate to David. And one of the things I love about David is he was a great man, a horrible human being, and he was also described as the man after God's own heart. Right. So if a guy who can commit adultery and murder in one fell swoop and still be called a man after God's own heart. Um, that gives us, the rest of us who haven't murdered and adultered yet, at least a little hope that maybe our, our lives are worth it too. So um, I'm going to give you a chance to say anything you want to say about living with someone who's anxious and depressed. Do you have any wisdom or thoughts or challenges or coping mechanisms of your own well i think we've kind of touched on the trying not to annoy you um i guess you have it's it's constantly uh, okay oh what's that I'm looking for? <clears throat> dance well, there's a learn there's a learning curve, but it's like the learning curve is always changing. Yeah, that's so what you, makes it fun, right? Right, right, fun is the word. Um, and so what worked five years ago may or may not be this your you may or may not be the same now, or what annoyed you a year ago may not annoy you now. And what annoys you now has never annoyed you before now. Um, yeah, I mean, I would 100% agree with that, which makes it a moving target. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, then I would say that it's important for me to communicate to you those things. And I think it's important for you to communicate things to me in, in ways of like... Um, Asking questions, you know, what what annoys you? How can I not annoy you? And then I get to work on not being annoyed as, by something as beautiful as you feeling joy in something. Um, but I, I think it's important that we understand each other. And I think it's important for the person who is anxious and depressed to communicate to the person that's having to live with the <coughs> person who's anxious and depressed that it's not about you. I know I had to ex 
had to explain that to you at one point because I think, <coughs> excuse me, that you were taking on some of the responsibility for m my crap and my actions and behaviors weren't necessarily um, saying anything other than that. And I, I needed to explain to you that it has absolutely nothing to do with you or your actions or your thoughts or your joy or your beauty. The problem is inside of me and I acknowledge that and I'm working on it. And I don't want you to think that the problem that's inside of me reflects my love or my care for you. It's just that I feel sad. I don't know how to not feel sad. It has nothing to do. You've not done anything to make me sad. You, you're annoying me. Is not a product of you being an annoying person. It's a. It's. But as a uh, woman, that's. <clears throat> it doesn't matter how many times you say that, though. I still feel that even now. I just know. I just pray. I think that it'll just pass. But as an emotional, you know, as a woman who was made to love and be emotional when the person that you live with and love with acts like you're the most annoying person on the face of the planet it's painful yeah it's yeah. and it's i think it's meant to be painful i don't think you should feel great about it um but what's important is that you know that i don't feel great about it either um and that it's not something that I enjoy something that I take joy in making you miserable because I'm miserable. It's something I'm working on and it's something that I know is crappy. And I know is not good. And I know is hurtful and I'm working on it. I think if we continue to have that conversation, we can heal and move forward and love each other the best we know how and be as happy as we can and be as productive as we can and have a good marriage. Like, I, I think we have a good marriage. I, I love our marriage. Um, I think everybody gets annoyed with everybody at some point, which I, you know, that doesn't bother me. But what bothers me is being annoyed about things I shouldn't be annoyed about. <clears throat> but what it comes down to is it really has nothing to do with you. Right. In fact, if I didn't have you, it'd be a lot worse. So your annoying joy kind of tempers my annoying sadness mm. in a very good way. I, you know, I, yeah. I firmly believe God knew what he was doing. Oh, yeah. Putting us together. And I hope that you see that I'm trying and I hope you'll stop stopping being annoying just for my sake. Okay. <laughs> well, we're an hour and a half or more in. I think it's probably time that we um, wrap this thing up. I'll have to break it into at least two episodes. Yeah. Um, I love you. Thank you for doing you. this with me. I'm sure it wasn't very easy. It wasn't easy for me to say some of that stuff either because... 
I had these notes written down a month ago and it's taken me that long to kind of get the fortitude to sit here and talk about it. So shout out to Molly for holding us accountable for saying we're going to do the show and then yeah. not doing it. Um, so just in closing, um, I hope this is helpful to somebody. I hope that, you know, you're probably not going to be able to take my exact words and put them to practice in your life and feel better. But maybe it'll give you some ideas of some things in your life that'll make it better. And if you are to the point where you feel like you are going to hurt yourself or somebody, please talk to somebody. Please get some help. There's enough of that going on. There's enough pain and suffering and trauma in the world that um, we need to try to work with each other to, to make the world a better place. So today I'm just asking you to talk to somebody, get that started now, and get to healing because the world is really not as crappy as it can look when it's right in your face. Um, thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.